When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Club Extra here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. This is a new show where we will bring bring to you from time to time where I'll welcome on guests as well as Club at 22 podders to talk a little bit extra about Rangers. This time the topic is Clement, the story so far. So I am Scott Carney and joining me tonight is everyone's second favourite bald man, bald man that's associated with Rangers after Big Phil. It's Stevie Clifford's uh, Four Lads Had a Dreams, even Stevie Clifford. Stevie, how are you mate? It's been a, been a while. Uh, yeah mate, it has. It's a lot has changed since we last spoke. So um it's been good. Uh, as I said, a lot is actually, you know, we're in a good place at the moment, I think. So we're certainly building something, I hope. So it's uh, nice to be on and, and be able to talk about it. Yeah, last time uh, last time we were we were in very much the, the mist of the, the Bill kind of downfall, I think, last time you were on the pod. Uh, we were kind of steep, trying to steer our way through that. And now it's it's definitely brighter horizons, mate. That's for sure. That's the way I'm, I'm feeling about things anyway. So, yeah, tonight... A t- time to talk about Philip Clement and the kind of story so far. Uh, first off, Stevie, how scary is he in pressers? He's actually a really nice guy. He's, he's not scary at all. He is. He's he's certainly got a stature to him, and he's quite stern, if that's the right word. But he's not in a bad way. So um, he, he's not. I don't find him to be intimidating. I actually find him quite approachable and quite nice. I feel that if you ask him the right stuff, then he's he's game to respond in the right way, and and um, he, he likes a wee joke, which I like. He was funny at the the fans forum. He was really amusing when he got up, and he kind of just says, "Right, that's me. I need to go." Um, kind of half got up and said, "Make sure you ask these guys loads of hard questions." <laughs> Waved and left. It was actually very amusing. That's my kind of kind of sarcasm and dark humor that I really like. So he is. Um, I get the impression that you could be a wee bit more forceful with Gio and you could you could have a wee kind of pop it at uh, Michael Beale. I'm not sure that Philippe Clement would be as um, as welcoming. I think he would dis- dismiss you quite easily. I think he's he's well-versed in, in dealing with the press. But in regards to us, he, he knows we're kind of fan media and um, I think he enjoys kind of speaking to us. He certainly certainly been very friendly since he came in. So I get it, yeah. I mean, from the outside, it looks maybe like he's got a presence. He's a bit scary, but actually I, I, I really like him and I've, I've really warmed to his kind of character so far. So I enjoy speaking to him. It's, it's been good. Yeah, I like the wee snippets of humour that you see from him. It is always nice to see that there's actually a a, a personality there and not just a, 
I just a, a kind of stern face. I think sometimes as well, you know yourself from the pressures that you go to, some of the questions, some of the other, not fan media, I'm not having a go at you, mate. I'm not one of these people on Twitter that's about to have a go at you. But like, you know, some of the other journals, they ask some questions and you're like, why are you asking that? Like, what manager in the world is going to give you that information? And when you get, when he gets that question, you can see him just kind of shut down and go, I'm not going to tell you that, which again is good. I think we've got a very good mix of, He's thorough in details that he can reveal to you, but he's also yeah. quite private with the stuff that he can't. And I'm all for it. I really am. And the the more wee snippets that he says, and the best one so far that he said was, um, I'm not building momentum because that means something's got to come to an end. I'm building a machine that's going to keep on going. And I was like, yes. I was like, clapping my hands as he done it. I was like, fantastic. That's exactly what you want to hear. And it's just, it's a complete, change from what Bill was, do you know what I mean? It's just a completely different kettle of fish. See, just talking about his humour, I was on the Zoom call um, when Chris Jack asked him, he's like, um, where is, I can't remember, I think it was Matondo and um, Kieran Dowell in their recovery, whereabouts are them? And he's like, yeah, they're back in Glasgow. And like, <laughs> I was, everybody was on mute and I was absolutely <laughs> killing myself. And uh, Chris is like, aye, very good. So, you know, apparently, <laughs> It was absolutely hilarious because I think we we must have been that must have been the, the morning after Prague that mm-hmm. must have been when it is so they done a they done a Zoom press conference for the weekend game which I think was Hearts if I remember rightly and uh, he was he was he was funny that was a very amusing moment like that's my kind of humour so I really like yeah. that but um, I asked I like asking him on on his press and shape and stuff like that because I think that's what we've seen more of. Um, to try and kind of explain this without sounding very technical. You know me and you sat with me at games and, and the folks watching this will know me. I'm not the most kind of tactical and and I don't try and subscribe to it. What I do is just try and tell you as a, as a fan would, but what I've seen under him is light years of what we were seeing in terms of the shape of the actual team. Formation-wise, you can see it. It's very clear. Four, um, two, three, one. You can see that. You can see what we're trying to do out of, out of the ball. Um, when we've not got it, it's four one four one. It's very noticeable and it's very well structured, so everybody knows what they're doing. And then when when certain players in the team, like the Hearts game in the semi final for Hamden, I thought it was really clear that when the centre half got it, Danilo triggered the press and they all moved at the same time, and it was very well set up. And you've seen that again with with Prague when um, the left side, the centre back got it, Danilo triggered the press. And this is, you know, it sounds easy and it and it sounds like, well, you know, this isn't anything revolutionary that he's doing, but it's it's I think we had to experience what we did at the start of the season to realise just how badly we were playing and how badly it was to come out of it and only a few weeks into Philippe Clement's reign, and we're talking about four weeks, he's barely had them in training that he's made such a difference. And it's no surprise to me that, you know, Balogun, Scott Wright, even guys like John Lundstrom are performing Ryan Jack. You know, guys like this that we had maybe written off and maybe said these guys aren't going to contribute. You know, that all of a sudden with a structure and, and clear detail on what they've got to do and how to perform, they're actually doing it. So it's, it's been, I've called it subtly effective so far and I think it has been. I think that's a pretty good way to sum it up, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest, Stevie. And I think, for, for me, I'm very much the same. I don't pretend to be tactically minded. I don't pretend to know all the ins and outs of how things work. But as a football fan, it's nice to be able to see 
what he's attempting to do, what the shape is, what players' roles are. And I, I get that it's on paper for us to sit and say that, and we were saying it under Bill, that for us to sit and say, we should be doing A, we should be doing B, we should be doing C, and we weren't doing any of that. And whereas he's come in and went, okay, we're going to do A, B and C. There's probably a list right down to Z that he's going to get to, but he's not jumped to Z straight away. It's This is the three things, or whatever it may be, there's probably more than that, obviously. But that's he's, he's implemented a formation. He's implemented how we are in possession. He's implemented how we are out of possession. Players are fully understanding what the, player, what the manager is trying to do. And I think it's... It's a relief to me as well because I'm starting to watch football where I go, oh, I, oh, I can I can identify with this. Do you know what I mean? I I can identify with what you're trying to do. I can I can get it, and I was the same. I can see when the press is happening. I can see John Lundstrom all, all of a sudden found a voice that I know he's always had one, but you can you can see him visibly see him barking orders like a quarterback would, especially out of possession. I think he's 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 come on leaps and bounds in that regard, but it's. Without without being disrespectful to Clement, it's not overly spectacular, but it's it's bloody brilliant. <laughs> like it's absolutely fantastic that I'm seeing it, and I've I've bought into it. Like, and I think obviously you're you're more in contact with with, with players, and by that I mean that you can ask them questions directly, face to face, etc. But it seems to me from a fa- from a fan looking in, the players are buying into this. Well. I think you only have to look at what the players are saying, and and I, I try not to overanalyze everything. But it's it's yeah. hard not to think about when John Lundstrom stands in front of you and answers your question at Hamden and says the players are a lot happier and it's a lot happier place. Right? Okay. Well, maybe that's because we're winning. Right? I get that. And then you speak to Jack Butland, and Jack Butland says, "No, he's came in and he's simplified everything, and and players now understand what they've got to do." How many times under Michael Beale did he sit in a press conference? In fact, I think we were in one together when he said the press wasn't right and we had to push them up 20 yards and they weren't doing it and it was disconnected and stuff like that. And I I go back to that Celtic game at home where they were on their knees with a makeshift team and we played the way we did and had Dessers up front chasing long balls and there was no press, there was no pressure. And Cantwell was practically at right back and everything was just a mess. And I think to get there and then the Aberdeen defeat, to, to have that to where we are now, I think that that's why everybody's so excited because it is it is better, but it, it was such a low bar that <laughs> I think there's even more to come from. I think Clement hopefully... Is just scratching the surface in terms of what he can do. And what gives me hope is if he can do this in four weeks in a position where we do look semi-decent. And I'll I'll counter that with a wee bit of just a wee bit of, of kind of I don't even know what the right word is to say, but just a wee bit of balance in saying that I think we should have won the games that we've won. Prague aside, I think Prague are a very good side, so that was a good result. But I think, you know, when you're talking about beating Hearts and beating Hibs at home, going to St Mirren, going to Dundee and stuff, I think our results we should have got. And we've seen the players respond to new managers as well. Gio won, I think, the first seven on the bounds. Michael Beale won 13 out of 14. So we've seen this. But what we haven't seen under any of those two managers, certainly under Beale, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was the same. Uh, we haven't saw a level of performance like we have so far 
that um, excuse me that the supporters are bought into immediately. So I think that's where your difference is, and I think that's why people are so I won't say confident, but I would say upbeat. There's a, a vibrance now in the stands that we we hadn't seen, and you know even even when we the games that we covered like so Livingston at home, the two Livingston games, the four 0 games. And you look at paper and thinking 4 0, that's that's pretty decent and we've done well. Those two 4 0 games went at the same level as the 2 0 victory at Livingston just 10 days ago. The 2 0 victory at Livingston, Livingston never had a sniff, they never had a control. It was very no fuss, no thrills. Whereas if you look at the home game, particularly league game, Butland had two or three really good saves. I'm thinking about that yeah. one he kicked wide and we scored really late on, so the results maybe flattered us slightly. That game at Livingston, we were in control for the whole time. It was 2-0, but really, you know, we should have been three up at half time. And, you know, it could have been four or five. Now, that level of control we never saw at any other times in those games. So that difference, you know, and we're not, as he as he said it and, and to excuse the excuse the phrase, but there's a real lack of shit lateral passes. And how many times did we watch it go? From back to front, and, and I don't mind that, but it's got to be faster, Scott. And we said it as well. Like, this isn't fast; it's not quick enough. It's so slow. The tempo's really poor. I think we all said it. Like, every supporter watching this tonight will go, "Yeah, we all said that," and it and it was it was good. But you look at the difference to the, the first goal at Livingston, where it's just you know we win the throw, one pass, and then it's one quick pass from Lawrence, and Dessers is in, and I think we all kind of thought. Well, he's not going to score, but um, <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> he, he did manage it. So, um, you know, it's actually a shame because we talk about the big man late, and I think he's a very nice, likable guy. But you know, when he's running through, there's nobody on the edge of their seat when on the couch. You know, when they're watching it, there's nobody standing up at the ground because you're not fully expecting. And it's funny that um, people have called him the kind of deflection king, and that because it seems to be all his goals deflect <laughs> off somebody or or going, but. You know, I don't care about that. If he somehow manages to keep putting them in the net, then good. But um, I think what's happened over the last month is that you you can see people in the squad that aren't going to make it no matter what Clement can do. So he might be able to get the best out of them, but I still don't think it's maybe good enough for Rangers. So we're going to have to do some trading, I think, in January, which is maybe a bigger question. But Clement we'll find out a lot about this squad in the next six weeks when the going really does get tough because Europe will be decided, the League Cup will be decided and um, we could very easily be out of a title race or we could really be in it and, and going for it because, you know, people have said that, that we need to watch what we're doing but the opportunity in the next six weeks to launch ourselves right into that title race is, is there. So, yes, it's eight points. It'll most likely be 11 by the time we go to Pataudry, but we'll have two yeah. games in hand and we go to difficult places, Scott, but there's opportunity there now that maybe wasn't there a month ago. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's it's crucial to... What Clement's done is a start and it is just that. It is a start. That I'm the same. I'm not getting too carried away in terms of, oh, we're going to go on and win everything, but I'm I'm now seeing an identity within my team. I'm, I'm seeing what the way that my team's like to play football. And as I say, it's, there's a long way to go yet, 
Um, there is still a lot of work to be done. I'm sure, as you mentioned, I don't think Clement's even really fully started yet, but what he's done is come in and he's laid a foundation where he's went, OK, this is what you weren't doing and this is what we're going to start doing now. And he, as he's mentioning himself, he's drip-feeding information to players and it's very important to do that as well to an extent to allow the players to buy into it, to allow the players to regain a bit of form, a wee bit of confidence, which you can see. And you're spot on about your, your discussion, your, your point there about the Livingston game. The Livingston game we, we were doing together, we kind of wore them out more than anything else and scored late on in the game. Whereas on Sunday against Livingston, last Sunday against Livingston, it was... They, they didn't have a chance. We kept going, okay, we looked a wee bit tired and leggy in the second half, as you would expect maybe to come, but even apart from that, we weren't really nervous. And forward passing and like positive football, positive pressing, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought? Because it shouldn't be with all due respect to the rest of Scottish football, old form aside and maybe going away to the likes of Petodre and uh, Tynecastle and you don't want it over... over um, overthink it too much but these games it shouldn't be difficult for these players to go out and just play football and just win football games and I think I said that under Bill. I said I don't understand why he's not just saying play 4-4-2 just go out and play football and beat them because you will and it's really as simple as that with the level of level of um, players that we have in comparison to the rest of the league but no it's, uh, it's definitely a positive start but there is as you'll see there is definitely long ways to go and see when Dessers is going through and goal I think I do get on edge of my seat because I'm going, please score. <laughs> For your own sake, please score. Because I don't... People, are, we get it all the time. I get it stinking. Oh, you've wrote him off, you've wrote him off. I just say what I see on the park. And the guy doesn't fill me with confidence. I'm not going to lie. But I want to be wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I want my opinion of him to be completely wrong. And so far, I'm like, oh, the deflection king, as they well, call him, mate. The deflection let's, king. Let's be honest, right? And, you know, if people are giving you a stick because you maybe don't rate him, I'll just ask those people one simple question. Did you see something in Danilo as soon as you seen him? And the answer mm. was yes. Every single one of us went, that boy might be good. We mm. all said might be good because instantly you've seen a bit of movement. And by, by the way, he misses chances, right? Mm -hmm. But Aye, he has been. Dundee, so he misses two or three at Dundee, but then he takes one. He takes a very important one, then he gets an assist. So, and he's quick, he can press, and he's he, he's actually vital to how we play, which he's seen against yeah. Sparta, um, and his movement and, you know, setting up the, the, the second, scoring the first from himself, Hamden in, in the second half, you know, he's, he's very vital. And what I'll ask people is, if they say to me, well, you're, you're harsh on Dessers, or you, you're maybe writing him off too soon, just like you were saying, I would just say, well, what did you think when you first saw Danilo? And the answer was we all thought. And look how he's performing now. When we all saw Dessers at first, we thought to ourselves, this boy is not going to fit the way that we are trying to play him, which was as a, a somebody that, listen, he's not, I don't think he's somebody that can read, lead the line like a Morelos or like a Danilo that can go and press and chase balls. I don't think he's like that. I think if we're going to use him, he's a penalty box target man, somebody we can play off of. And I'm not sure that, that that really suits how Clement wants to play. I think that you might you might see some trading when it comes to January, when it comes to Dessers. I think that we will be open to kind of moving him on, I think. And I think that I would ask people 
if if they think that's harsh, I would say, well, if Danilo got injured tomorrow and you were left with him, would you be confident? And the answer would be, I'm not sure on this form. And let's be realistic. Michael Beale was always going to be judged on where he spent the big money. Now, where he spent the big money is on Dessers, Lammers, Sifuentes and Danilo. Now, out of that four, Danilo is the only one that looks like he's going to be where we think. Sifuentes hasn't done anything of note as yet. And considering the midfield performances we've had, he's he's miles away from being anywhere. Lammers at times looks great, and then at other times, why are you doing a lollipop in midfield <laughs> times and then going backwards? And I think that he's a real confidence player. Could he get something out of him? Maybe. He at, at times under come on, he's actually looked okay, he scored a great goal at Dundee, helped the, the press for the second goal at Hamden and stuff like that, but it's sporadic, it's not enough to convince me yet. And um, as I said, with Big Dessers, I think that you know we'll, we'll maybe look to move him on in, in January unless in this next six weeks, and, and it is entirely possible that these guys change the opinion of, of what we've seen so far. But like you said, Luke, you know, See, with people saying that we're being critical and stuff like that, we're just saying what people are saying on supporters' buses and pubs all around the country when we're heading to games and stuff like that. I don't think it's too harsh. Nobody's saying he's terrible or that. I think we're just saying that he doesn't suit our game and what we're trying to do, which is criminal of the previous management when you think about them being first-choice signings and going out to get these boys and stuff. And I think that's the issue. I still think like the likes of Sterling and the likes of Kieran Dill will be fine squad players. I think they'll be yeah. all right. I think if Dill can stay fit for more than 20 minutes, he might actually be a decent <laughs> midfielder. You know what I mean? But it's how can we do that? And you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna find out if if he's you know, he's he's naturally left sided. I think he can take a shot. I think he might be all right, but we were that was never gonna matter. Kieran Dowell was a freebie. He was never going to get any credit for that. But when you're spending five, six million pounds, seven, eight million pounds in total on, on those three guys and they're not performing, especially when you see, you know, our financials and, and the fact that we have to get signings right to get them so badly wrong is is ultimately why, you know, four or five games in the season, he was gone. And, and after game one, of, of the league and after pre-season people were saying this this isn't going to work so if we're harsh then for saying you know we're now in end of November almost that these guys haven't looked likely then maybe we're just harsh mate because it would be disingenuous of me to sit here and say oh, I think the big man's cracking I think he's going to make it <laughs> feel that way and I yeah. feel that about Sifuentes, Lammers and Desser so far that I haven't seen enough to be impressed by any of them so that's that's the big issue. Yeah, I, I, I'm honestly more. I'm more. I've got more leeway for Dessers than I do for Lammers. Uh, Lammers is one player that um, fair enough. He's well day that he scored, but I, I I feel like I feel like he's a player that hides when things are a wee bit tough. If he's not really full of confidence, I think some of his passions atrocious. I really do, and he's one. He's the for me so far. He's the one signing that. Be would made and even now when he's consistently getting played, I'm going. I don't understand. Like I don't. And again, the guy must be fantastic in training, as far as I'm concerned. He must be tremendous. But when it when it comes to the game, he's not really. 
he's not offering enough for me with Lammers, so I don't want to be hypocritical and people that will tune in that have watched these pods before, I still think I would try and move Lammers on as quickly as possible as well, because I believe once everybody's fit, I believe we've got better options within the squad um, than him. Um, he's one guy that he... He frustrates the life out of me. He really does frustrate the life out of me. There's no doubt he's got ability. He's got some form of talent and ability. The, the goal itself, you, you don't just score a goal like that. You've got to have something about you. And we did see flashes of something in pre-season, but into the season itself, he's he's been he's been horrifically poor. Um, so, but I want, I want, I mean, you're probably right about Dessers. I think he would do a job for someone, but is he what we need? And is he the level that we need him to be at? Probably not. So, but they are the two. <clears throat> so Fuentes is a strange one. Um, as I said, he's another one that kind of picks up knocks and kind of fades away. Dill, you're spot on with as well. If he could stay, he's probably using the same doctor or the same training regime as Kamar Roof, let's be honest, because he's constantly injured. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when, when they come back where they're going to fit and if they do indeed get a run. I would imagine they will because Clement seems keen on rotation as well at points is to, to to keep the team as fresh as possible, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, there's still definitely work to be done in the trading the trading trading pillar of success, is that what the, the board call it? The player trading pillar of success? But while we're on that, we'll, we'll move on to January. What do you, where do you expect him to strengthen? Where do you think he's targeting the most? Um, we had a discussion about it the other night, so I'm interested to hear what, what your thoughts on that. Where do you think he's thinking? For the money that he's... He will, I'd imagine he's going to get something. He's not going to, he's not going to get nothing. He'll be allowed to go into the market to some extent. Um, but where do you think he's targeting within the squad? I think we'll need to shift before we bring anybody in. Right. And I think that as a support, we need to kind of brace ourselves for the fact that there isn't five, ten million pounds there to spend. So I would be thinking that we would look to to shift on before we go. And that's why I think that Dessers will move and he'll bring in another striker. I think that you then start to begin to look down the list and who who can we shift on for three, four million pounds that there's interest in that doesn't play in our first team, would you look to move on Yilmaz? That's a potential for me. I think that there's so much interest out of him. I don't think he fits. I don't think that he's maybe settled as well. So would he move on? And I think that then, if you can generate some money from them, I think that if you could move Lammers on and maybe, you know, this is a big problem, like, you've got Haji, Lowry, Cantwell, Lammers always a number 10, and I don't think any of those players can suit being shifted. So you've got a decision to make there. Like, what do you do? Who do you who do you lose? Cantwell, we need to try and find a way to get him to be the heartbeat. And can he do that again? That's the challenge for him. Can Nico Raskin? Because you need Nico Raskin to perform. So at some point you can flip him, yeah. and he moves on, and that's how the trading works. I think Raskin's made it perfectly clear through his 100 interviews that he wants to move to the, the EPL. So I've got no issue with that. I wish players wouldn't say it when we're not winning, you know, on the back of an Aberdeen defeat and that he's out going, yeah, I want to go to the EPL. How about you just concentrate on, on playing for us kind of thing? And I don't mind yeah. the, the excitement and the kind of want to do well and move on. I'm no bother with that. But concentrate on Rangers giving 9 out of 10 before you start talking about that on a weekly basis. But... They're the kind of ones, and I wouldn't expect Raskin to be going on in January and things like that. So I would look at, you know, I've got Dessers, Lammers. You're looking at maybe Ridvan Yoma and I'm moving on. And then 
you know, at some point, Robbie McCrory and goals is going to look at that Scotland setup and think Xander Clark's ahead of me. If I get full time first team football somewhere, I could be in a chance of being number one for Scotland. So could he go out on loan somewhere? He was linked. And interesting, I heard a rumor a couple of days ago that he was linked with Aberdeen, going up there and playing for the rest of the season. So I'm not, you know, I'm not entirely sure I want to do anything that helps them, but apparently they're not happy. Roofs and stuff like that. So maybe I don't know if that that's a possibility. But you know we've got to be realistic and say that if if there is interest in Jack Butland, maybe next summer would you know a big bid? Would we flip him and move him with McCrory? And that's we've got to brace ourselves for that's the kind of club we are. But what we need to do is, and it pains me to kind of bring this up. If you look at across the city, they bought nine players in I think this summer and they were all under twenty three. If we're going to be talking about a true player trading model, and not all of them will work, I get that, but we need to have a clear vision of what we're trying to do. And I don't, I think that when you look at the kind of jumbo sale mentality of the summer, that can't be repeated because we get in the position we are now. So I feel for Clement a wee bit. I don't think he's in the position where he gets ten million pound in January or even five. I think that maybe if he goes to the board and say I've got a player for two million, we might be able to get that together, but. I don't think there's a, an abundance of money there. I think that if we do want to spend, he's going to have to, to bring in before that happens. So I would just, I would urge caution on, on what we're going to do on January. And if then, to answer your question of where he, where he wants, I think that you've got to look at a front man because if Dessers goes, you've got to bring somebody in. I think that Lawrence Shankland is a very obvious target, but he doesn't fit the, the mould of selling on and, you know, that's a difficult one. He's 28. And is he too similar to Dessers in that he's not got a lot of pace, etc.? He's a much better player all round, finishing wise, and he'll score goals in Scotland. Understand? I do think it's a no brainer to an extent, but then the, the player trading model that he doesn't really fit. So that's an interesting situation. If Yomaz does go, you would need to bring in a left back of, of some sort of standing because Barisic is, is prone to an injury or two. So who's going to come in for him? So I understand that as well. But if you were to ask me where you want to bring somebody in, it's got to be, I think, right side wing, left side wing, you know, a proper winger. That's that's where I would think Clement would want to go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does do. I think we're, we're okay-ish. But yeah. winger-wise, I think that's where we need instant kind of uplift. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. We're all right to an extent. But we haven't seen us rocked yet, if that makes sense. We've not had a game where it's really rocked us and we've, we'd have to see a response from the team or anything along those lines. And I know you've got players at Matondo to come back. You've got Scott Wright, who seems to have found a bit of form. He was fantastic at Hamden. But I, I'm very much along the same lines as you. I think a striker is going to be pretty crucial. Um, and I, I, do, I do think left back is an area of concern because I think Yelmaz hasn't reached heights that we maybe thought and there's no there's going to be reasons behind that and people always say he didn't get on the team etc and Barisic is probably not going to get a new contract as far as I'm aware anyway um, and I wouldn't be looking to keep Barisic I really wouldn't I think he, it's time for him to, to move on so it's, it's going to be I agree though I think I would be 
I'd be shocked if all of a sudden the board turn around and go, there's 10 million, Phil, I'll be in, fill your boots, it's not going to happen like that. The squad's too big as it is, a lot of trimming needs done, but I'm sure he's a, a wise businessman, I'm sure this technical director of the football, director of football, whatever it's going to be announced, that's going to be his remit when he comes in, so looking forward to that happening. Just to finish up, Stevie, um, most improved player under Clement so far? John Lundstrom. By a mile, yep. he's turned into Mr. Thursday night again. And all credit to him. And it was funny, like people know the kind of like because Lunny's kind of nipped at me and pressers and stuff like that, and being a wee bit grumpy because he says I'm not upbeat when it comes <laughs> to his form. Um, I seen him after Hamden and he, he was in the um the walkthrough bit um after in, in Hamden. So I was standing and I shouted him and said, John. I says, um, you've had a wee nip at me before for not being upbeat. And he was laughing. He says, yeah, lad, yeah. Um, he says, well, I said to him, well, if you continue to play the way you do, even I'll have to give you credit. And we were both <laughs> laughing. Like, John's a nice guy. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't think there's any kind of malice there. In, but John Lundstrom by far. But I will say he's not been my favourite to come back. My favourite so far has been Leon Balgan. I think Balgan has been exceptional. I think he adds a pace. He adds a power. And I've really enjoyed seeing him because John Suter didn't take his opportunity. There was too many mistakes. Ben Davis, I'm not convinced as as powerful as Balogun is. And I just think Balogun, because people saw 35, never play, fifth choice, whatever. He's come in and he's now your first choice centre-back. We're going up to Pataudry. We're going to the cup final. We're going to Europe games and that. And you go into European and you're like, ah, oh, Balogun's not available. And it's a big thing. You know, um, and then you go to the likes of the cup final, you go to Pataudry, you're going to be going to Tynecastle, and you go, who do you want in there? And it's Leon Balogun. So for me, I've really enjoyed seeing the re-emergence of Balogun Lundstrom. Danilo by far is, is the exciting one. We all love him, the song and everything else. We all love watching him. But isn't it great now that in that one question, we can rhyme off three, four, five, you can talk about Scott Wright. You know, you can now do that. And they're all, we can even Ryan Jack. Ryan Jack played four games in a row. Like, Strike me down by lightning. When does that ever happen? <laughs> yeah, I know, mate. I know. What's this chiral chamber thing doing? Like, so, yeah. um, you know, it's just it's things like that that have been great to watch. Like, Ryan Jack just keeps it simple. John Lundstrom just keeps it simple. But, you know, they're effectively doing what they're set out to do. And I think that that's where I take great, great pleasure from seeing that kind of performance. All of a sudden, James Tavernier's perked up a wee bit and starting to look a wee bit better. And, that's what gives me kind of hope. And and so when you ask if one player to pick out, I've, I've given you, but see the overall kind of performance of, of all these wee guys, little individual bits. See, after this two weeks, I'm hopeful that maybe we'll start, if we can see a wee bit more. And you talk about going to Pataudry being their cup final. I now don't think that Philip Clement will let us perform any way other than it being our cup final before. And something you said, earlier, just to prattle on a wee bit longer, mate, is <laughs> that kind of resonates with me. And you say, why don't we just go four four two and just go and beat them because we're better? Well, what Clement is doing, and what I can see, is we're actually trying to implement our game onto a match. Instead of waiting for a team to go and do what they're doing, like you go to Dundee and you just beat them because we're better. But not only do you beat them, you solidly beat them. But that was Dundee that hadn't lost at home in months and are now I think they're sitting fourth in the table or something. So it's not like they're mugs. You know, and we've we've made them look every bit like a division one team. 
you then go, you know, Levy, as we spoke about, take care of them and and that kind of stuff and, and Prague and and yeah, Hearts at home is a bit more difficult and but it's progressively each game got better. And if he's got a couple of weeks with them in the training ground, I think that I'm more confident about going to Pataudry than I would have been, you know, six weeks ago. That's for sure. So I can sit and say we we would say before Scott, me and you, what Rangers team's going to turn up? I'm pretty sure that under Phil, come on, going to Patojo, I know what Rangers team's going to turn up. So the question isn't what what we're going to do today. The question is, are we going to be able to do it enough to, to win? Are we good enough to win the game? And we should be. So that gives me encouragement. So a little bit at a time, as I said. Hopefully next time when we're kind of sitting here talking after January, we're in a good position and and we're not out of this. By a long way, you know what I mean? I don't think we're quite in it, if that makes sense. But we're not out of it either. And I know we're only one result away from a disaster. We always are at Rangers. But in the next six weeks, we could turn our whole season into a very good one. And I think that's what we should keep as our motivation when we're in the stands and supporting the team and stuff like that. Each game as it comes. But in this six weeks, we could have a trophy, be through in Europe and be right back in this title race. So... Let's all get behind, come on, in the lads and see what we can do. Here, here, Stevie. I'm not even going to say anything else, mate, because you've finished the podcast pretty spectacularly there, mate. That's, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're on the money there. Absolutely on the money. And I, I 100% agree. I think it's, it is a good start, but it is just a start. And these next six weeks are going to be crucial for the rest of our season and how our season's going to look. Uh, but I, uh, I, for one, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, as I do when you come on my podcast, mate, Stevie, for tonight, thank you so much, mate. I appreciate it. Mate, it's always a pleasure. Um, thanks to everybody that will tune in and listen. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry for backing Michael Beale. That didn't work out at all. So it's nice <laughs> to be invited back. Uh, I didn't think I was going to get invited back, Scotty. So my podcast is still going, mate. And I backed Beale. I was very excited when Beale got an appointed, mate. So swings and roundabouts. We're, mate, we're allowed to do that. To we're, we're fans. We're allowed to do that. It's the board that we're convinced that more worries me. But anyway, listen, thank you, matey. Um, I appreciate it. And um, as I said, thanks to everybody for watching and stuff like that. It's, I appreciate all the nice comments and stuff like that. So, yep. So hopefully we get nice comments. That, that would make a change. But that's what I mean. Delete even, the bad ones, mate. Even in saying that, though, like it's when, when things change, the comments change, everything that's all. It's all relative. Do you know what I mean? When Rangers are playing better, the comments are getting better, etc. And people tend to agree with you more and whatever else. It's, it's all and it's all full of emotion. That's what we are. We're fans, and I say that all the time. We're fans first and foremost. I'm a Rangers fan, and that's it. Um, and I just I'm lucky enough that I have a platform to bring people like Stevie on to have a conversation about Rangers. It's it's kind of what it's what it's all about. Uh, but no, Stevie Brown. Until next time, mate. That's that's been great, and we will definitely do it again. And hopefully, we'll be discussing a rather positive six weeks. We'll We'll, we'll, we'll pencil in six weeks from today, mate, and then we'll see where we're at, right? We'll see where we're at from there. But uh, yeah, uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. We will be back on Friday with Club Live as we look ahead to the turn of the proper football with Rangers travel to Pataudry. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. If you could like, subscribe, all the usual stuff, that'd be magic. And we have been Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. Cheers, everybody. Podcast Network.